1: Oh no! Oh boy! Ah, here it comes! The motherfucking loud spot! We're here
3: in that <laughs> National Rockin' Pod 2023 with comedian,
0: writer, right. actor? I've done some acting. Okay. I was on Curb Your Enthusiasm for three seconds, so. <laughs> Okay, let's, exactly.
3: talk, let's, let's talk about your three seconds of Kirby enthusiasm.
0: I delivered a phone message to Larry David. Thank you and good nights.
3: And that's it. That's all you did on there. That's
0: all I did. I was like, Larry, your wife called. Don't forget to call her on the way home or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was and Jeff Garland's like Recurring, you're gonna have a recurring role because I used to work with him every Friday night at the laugh factory where I, when I was hosting and he was like, You're gonna be my because I played his assistant. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was never back. Yeah, you never came back. To- no what
3: happened to the recurring part.
0: I don't know. It never happened. Like, you're gonna be back. And then then the next season he goes, We didn't film any scenes did, in my office. Were you like, I did I did I do a bad job delivering that message? I, <laughs> was I it actually, like a bad I actually think I stunk. I, <laughs> I, I I think I was pretty bad. Yeah. So that's probably why. How'd you get into comedy? Um, uh, being an awkward kid and, uh, kind of being a goofball and, um, like, you know, it, this whole world, like when you're 13 and 14, like Uh some people think we're not cool, even though we are everyone. And, uh, so I was just always goofy and I always was like in drama, but I always wanted to do comedy. Like I'd go to sleepovers and I'd rent comedy specials with friends. I always wanted to get movies with like Andrew McCarthy. And I'm like, no, let's watch Kathleen Madigan's comedy special, you know, whatever, you know, whoever like Sue Murphy, that's who I used to watch. And, um, and Rosie O'Donnell, but, um, Yeah, I just wanted to, I just admired it. I just think it's such a cool art form, like, and I just always wanted to do it. When did you
3: start? How many years ago did you start doing comedy?
0: April will be 27 years. Oh my, okay, so, okay, so
3: (laughs) do you remember the very first time you got on stage?
0: Yes. How scary
3: was that? Because I thought about doing it, I'm not funny, I'm not funny though. I, I, I for sure would get booed off stage.
0: You know what? You wouldn't. Because I think everybody can do stand-up if they find their voice and they talk about things about themselves, which is what people forget to do in Self-deprecation. comedy. Self-deprecation. Well, that works, too. But people think they got to go up and go, what's up with orange juice? Why is there orange <laughs> juice with some pulp? What's up with that? Like, no. No one gives a shit. They want to hear about you and, like, about your life and, like, who you are. And that's something that takes a while to figure out. But yeah. my first time, here's the thing. My first time, I had a good set. The next 37 were horrible. So I was very, it was very deceiving that, sorry, I'm trying to hide from the camera. I'm like, she does not like the camera. I hate it. (laughs) This this is why I'm a writer, kids. Um, so, uh, anyway, but, um, uh, yeah, so that's how, uh, what I ask about my first time on stage? It actually went well, it actually went well, but then after that I just bombed and then, um, uh, well, I had like a near, not near death experience, but like a very scary experience. And that, when I, when that happened, I realized I got to do this now. So I just started writing stuff about what happened to me. I yeah. got up on stage and did it.
3: Do you see things as a comedian? Do you think that you see things differently? Because maybe if something serious happens, you try to make a joke about it. Uh, is that something that goes through your mind whenever you see something to try to figure out a funny way to, to analyze it?
0: Um, Kind of. I think uh, whenever something happens to me that I think other people would want to hear about, Mm -hmm. I do try to find a way to craft it into a joke, you know, or even if it's a story, just a story that's full of punchlines. Because you can tell a funny story, but if it doesn't have a a middle, you know, that breaks it up with laughs or an end, you got to have the end. Yeah. Punchlines the important part. You don't have that and it just trails off. The audience doesn't know when to laugh. They don't know when to laugh until you stop talking. Right. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people
3: don't realize that, especially if yeah. you're coming on stage for the first time. There's so many things about being a comedian that people like me just wouldn't understand that but you've crafted it.
0: It took it takes a long time to kind of figure out and get comfortable. And even now I'm still you never stop learning. You never stop working on it. And if you do, that's bad. Yeah. You know, like you should always keep working. There's never, I'm done. Like that doesn't happen. I'm always building.
3: When you say, when you're on stage, you're telling your stories. Yeah. Is there a lot of truth to them? Yes. Have you ever just made up
0: a fake story on stage? Yes. <laughs> That's all you, you do. <laughs> fake stories. Absolutely. Stories. I have. Um, yeah. I make, I make up fake stuff, but like it's based on truth. I just sort of like embellish or exaggerate it, you know? Uh-oh. Favorite what? Bit. Oh, oh yeah, your
3: favorite bit. Your favorite. I got oh. something else to ask first. So we'll go. We'll go. We'll go into favorite bits. Why? Why you think about that? I want to ask you. Have you ever been nervous to perform with another comedian that maybe you thought could really steal the crowd?
0: Like is that something that happens? Like you're nervous, like opening for someone, or? You know what? My job at this point in comedy is to make the person after me look as good as possible. That's my job. And that's one thing new people have to realize. It's not all about you. They didn't pay to see you. They paid to see the name on the marquee. So you gotta do your job. And and do what the headliner wants. Fluff the crowd. You gotta be the fluffer. Yeah. you've And, be the and hosting is hard. You walk out that first three minutes. You gotta be prepared for awkward silence. You've just got. No one walks out, does their first joke, and it's like, raw, oh, like it's not.
3: Okay. G- give me an example. Let's say this is the stage right here. Okay. Yeah. You're coming on stage.
0: This is actually the biggest crowd I've ever performed for. So <laughs> okay.
3: This is yeah. great. Okay. You come on stage. Yeah. What's the first thing you say when you come on stage?
0: It depends where I am. It depends what happened before me. It depends on what's going on. So it's never the same. Never.
3: Do you ever do the same? So when you write comedy bits, mm-hmm. you write one, you perform it in one city. Let's say you travel to another city. You do the same exact comedy bit, right?
0: Um, It, it, de- it depends. Everything uh, depends. It really does because I'm a writer, so I'm always writing stuff and changing stuff. And a lot of comics stick to their set like – a comic I just worked with, he did his set, and I remember working with him 20 years ago, and I'm like, oh, my God, the first 10 minutes is exactly the same. I could never do that. I'd be so bored. Yeah.
3: It'd it's like so doing boring. the same song over and over and over again that
0: you've already done. Right, but the audience wants to hear that, but with comedy, it's different. You know, like mm-hmm. people will come up to me and go, you did that joke four years ago. <laughs> I saw it, And I'm like, shut up. We got to recycle. It's still funny. It's, funny. it's still funny. So, like, in my set right now, I have staples that I keep, you know, that sort of move me from one subject matter to the other. But you know, my act 15 years ago, I can't even do any of those jokes anymore. None of them are who I am now, so I had to change everything.
3: What's one? What is one of your favorite bits? Could you do
0: one? Um, I'm trying to think of ones I can't do anymore. The the Boston Sex Guy. Look, it's Brandon Cook from Black and Blue, and the Loyal Order. (laughs) Awesome bands. Um. I guess that's such a weird question. No one's ever asked me that before. Kelly, what's a good joke of mine? I, I don't even know. How about that How about that <laughs> one
3: time you bought orange juice and there was pulp in it? There was some pulp. What's up with that? And
0: I was like, what's going on here? I like my orange juice with no pulp. <laughs> orange juice, no pulp I like too. it smooth, just going down smooth. Podcast? Yeah, I can't do my... What about the podcast? Huh? I don't know. I... I don't
3: know what you said. Back London Punch lines? Oh,
0: my Punch Lines and Backlines show.
3: There, okay, there you go. Yeah. What is that?
0: It is. It <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing over here. No, yes, you should I'm do. just standing around here. What are you talking about? You're hosting a podcast. You're killing it. I'm doing listen, okay. Thank you. Listen to me. You're doing great. All right. So, uh, Punch Lines and Backlines is my show. I almost did this. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> you did great. Thank you. Amen. You. Amen. Um, it, it's a show where uh, it's a rock themed show, and we have rock stars come on and do comedy for the first time. And it, the audience knows it's their first time, you know, so they're a little more forgiving, you know, and it ends up being a lot of fun. Everybody's always super nervous at first, but they all always have a great set. Always. It's always great. It's always fun. We work with them for weeks before. Don Jameson is, is like officially my partner now on okay. the show. And, and he and I write together. And um, and we figure out the set based on a phone conversation we have with them or like a Zoom and then we put it together, and then based on what we know about their music, because we anyone we ask, we're a fan of theirs. Mm-hmm. So we're writing it from the perspective of what their fan audience wants to hear, and 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 you know what would make them laugh. Like what would a fan of Eric Martin, who's doing our Is show that hard Sunday, to do? you know what? In the beginning, a little bit, but it's so natural for me because I write for other people more than myself. Wow. So it feels very natural. And to find a voice and to craft that stuff, it's very satisfying.
3: It feels really good. That would be hard to do. I Because like, you have to pinpoint an audience and yeah. then write
0: for them. Write for that audience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's
3: your favorite thing to do in the entertainment industry? Would it be stand-up or would it be writing? This shit. What? Pop- this stuff. Coming to these conventions?
0: Coming to this stuff. Doing, um, I'm doing my second Monsters of Rock cruise this year with Punchlines and Backlines. Cool, right on. With Don Jameson and Jim Florentine. And um, that's the stuff I love. That's what I've worked all these years for, is to be able to do things like this. Because this is like where my heart is. Yeah? Yeah.
3: I feel like I have a booger in my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I feel like I, feel like I got I wasn't going to say anything.
0: <laughs> I guess
3: that's it. Yeah, new stand-up. On YouTube, the shit I got was old.
0: Okay, it's so old. I mean, we were gonna play a bit, and before, she said, "Don't do that bit." Yeah, that was before I wore body shapers. Um, it's <laughs> uh, that's joke is so old. But um, I have uh, some stuff. I have a new thing I have on my Instagram about being in Key West, and then there's a couple jokes I have on the Kiss Cruise on YouTube. Cool. So, and I'm in like the big theater. It's really weird. It looks like I'm there alone because the pit's empty. It looks like no one's there. Do you
3: typically come to music conventions?
0: Um, I've performed at a, a few kiss conventions Okay, because right I do a lot of material about kiss. It's like, I have my rock shows that I could never do in a comedy club. None of those jokes would translate. Not one. Well, cause you're relating to the audience though. Yes. For the, the people that are there. Yeah. That makes sense. And then in the club I do like, I'm married and my dog and my past and I and go orange to Vegas yeah. and, oran- and the orange yeah. juice thing, which kills. And, um, I like it. yeah, so it's just completely different sets. I think if you say a joke
3: too many times, it winds up not being funny. I think I said orange juice three times. No, it's okay. It's called that's a callback. Sebastian, okay. it's a callback. Is that what it's called? People love a callback. Really? Absolutely. See, I should be a comedian. Callback. What do you think? Should I do it? No. See, yes, you, I should be a comedian. If you need help right, with Sam? your set.
0: No. That's what I do for can, a living. Can you write for me? Yeah.
3: See, how much do you charge?
0: Uh, Not that, not crazy. No? I mean hundred bucks? No, more. <laughs> 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 I charge more, but it's because I have a lot of clients right now, but I- Charge more, but it's worth it. And then you get your set, and then you've got your five minutes, and then you build from there, and then but you go you'd off have on your to own. write for
3: me. We
0: write together not- when you're a new comic. Oh
3: okay. okay. oh, so you would help me out and figure out how I deliver my punchline. We
0: craft it, tighten it up, get it strong, figure out where the funny goes.
3: I think I'm gonna do that.
0: You should.
3: He has no funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's cut to your clip that she's sending me we're gonna put on
0: we're like all it's like always you know and like um but uh we've been married 12 years my husband um is german like from germany german like guten tag like from the yeah from the black forest that's a real place where the ham and the cake comes from um it's real it's beautiful um but we met in vegas we met in vegas playing poker (laughs) Which I think is kind of romantic. Sometimes what happens in Vegas gets somebody a green card, so that's nice, like he can, he can stay. Um, Yeah, I love Vegas. Does anybody love Vegas? You like to go? You do? You do one of these? Are you a gambler? Oh, but you just like to go there. Okay, see that's like my husband. We love Vegas, but I love to gamble, and he does not. Okay, so everyone's always like, well what do you guys do when you go there? I'm like, um, hello, it's Vegas.
1: Price. Go to your happy price, priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however
0: you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopifycom special specialoffer. All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
1: What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Start something new And it's breaking my heart You're leaving Baby, I'm grieving But if you want to leave Take good care Hope you have a lot of nights
3: Everybody. we are still in national rock and pod 2023 hanging out with mr big eric martin eric who martin says i am louder than him and i talk more than he does there you, go. you after all these years of playing music do you still find it just as fun to get on stage as you first did when you first started playing hells to the end. yeah
4: yeah absolutely i mean when i was young and you know dumb and full of you know, all come. that good. Yeah. All right. Look at you. You're so proud of yourself that you get to say the word. "come." Say come. <laughs> all right. Come all ye faithful. When I oh, was younger, I when I was younger, I had, I had that dream, man. I, I wanted to carry that torch of all the rockers that I loved. And, uh, I, I do, I love what I do. Everything's, I still get nervous. I get those butterflies when I come up. The, the, the main thing is like when I come up that back stairs and, and, you know, in a um, arena, the lights kind of turn off like this. Click, 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 and they turn yeah. off. Oh, my God, that's my stomach just turning over and over again. It doesn't matter if you're – to me, everybody looks at me like, oh, dude, you're a professional. You don't do that. No, man, I get that butterflies coming out, still got to practice big time. Uh, Like I remember one time I was playing the Forum years and years ago mm-hmm. in L.A., and I forgot the words to a to that rush, and the crowd, like 15,000 people are going – they knew the words more than I did, but no, no, I still love what I do and I uh I still get the spark of it big time, yeah.
3: After playing as long as you have, are there do you still have the same set list or do you change it up
4: from time to time? Well, well, well of course, with Mr. Big, I mean, every oh, oh, I see what you're saying. So the first album with the or my kids call it the Hat and Shoes album, <laughs> there's no name for it, yeah. We played every one of those songs because that's all we had. And lean into it. We did a lot of, you know, the Daddy Brother and Alive and Kick and all that. And then we'll add a lot of, all the bands do it. You know, they, they gather from the first album. And then we did it so on and so on. I used to freak out a little bit that, like, we'd have to play the same songs all the time. But we were super tight. Once in a while, we'd add something. But the cool thing that we did over the years what was, because everybody was a multi-instrumentalist, uh, we could... Uh, we switched, oh, right on, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pat would um sing, uh-huh. I mean, we switched it up. I, I got to play drums a couple times, but Pat would be the lead singer, Billy would play guitar, I play bass, and and Paul would play drums. And we we did like Suffragette City, uh, you know, have you heard the news? There's good rocking tonight, we do that. We did, I remember recently, maybe five, six years ago, we did uh, Joy to the World by Three Dog well, Night, yeah, yeah just uh, right right. just kind of free it up and have fun. But we didn't vary from the set. We picked a set. We practiced a set. First of all, 24 songs in the set. And you're asking me, do you, you know, no, we played everything. No fan would come up to me and go, you didn't play my right. favorite song. We played everything.
3: Does that, that, that ever happened to you where a fan comes up to you after the show and saying, how come you didn't play this song? All the time. But you have a certain set limit, like a time limit, right? Yeah, yeah, but, but.
4: I have a tear jar. <laughs> Here you go. Now, uh, a lot of fans, you know, they want to hear a certain song, that yeah. maybe a rare track that we would, we didn't, never did. We, we did, um, like on this, so Mr. Big is touring for the last time, and we're doing all of Asia in, in July, and then January, February, March, we're going to play the USA, Europe, and South America. Okay. Hold on. And we're going to play the Lean Into It album in its entirety, and then add a bunch of songs. And since it's the end, or we call it the big finish, uh, there'll be no stone left unturned. I mean, there'll be everything. No one will come up and say, you didn't play my favorite song. Or I've had, hey, check this out. I've had people come up and and you know you're gonna hear To Be With You. But I've heard, I've had like drunk ass people come up to me and go, you didn't play To Be With You. And I go, oh no. was there on the set. I hold up the set list. It was the twenty-fourth song. And I go, you didn't play Wild World. Oh no, bud. It was there.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite? If, I don't know if you have a favorite memory of a tour that you've done previously that you just sticks out that you really enjoyed.
4: Well, when I play the Budokan Arena uh-huh. in Japan, it's got so much history to it. I'm Trick, the Beatles. I mean, when you come up that back stairs, like I said, when the lights go off, I mean the Beatles played here, and I've done it six times, maybe six, seven times, and uh, one of the biggest gigs I've ever did, it was 100,000 people, right. Mr. Big, uh, Henry Rollins, mm-hmm. Black Flag. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, it was an eclectic kind of group, yeah, no Lemonheads, I think played it, it was a okay. while ago, it was an, on a, a Santos Beach in Sao Paulo, Brazil, musicians or singers, had a huge catwalk, and you know, walk into the catwalk Past everybody in the catwalk and hundreds of thousands of people on the beach and everybody naked. It's hot, hotter than shit outside. Right. But there's a delay when you go way out there. And I, I was going like this on the big screen, going, Hey, look at me like an idiot, right? <laughs> and then when I was singing, Addict That Rush, the band was like, Come back, you're out, you're out of time. Right, yeah, right. yeah, So I've had a lot of mishaps, but a lot of um, Great, great shows. All, all of them are great. But the Budokan Arena is is pretty amazing.
3: Let's talk a little about your maybe going into stand up or doing stand up, anyways.
4: But... Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna try to be funny. I'm funny when I do my stage stuff, and I've got acoustic guitar, or I'm playing with a band. Mm-hmm. It's it's improv. It's a lot of. Um, Ball busting, yeah. You know, you know what I'm I mean, saying. I heard
3: you last night talk a lot about balls and. and-, <laughs> and I, talk shit first people.
4: of all, Don Jameson uh, over there talking. Um, he goes, "Yeah, you like balls a lot." And I'm like, "Oh, stop but doing that." Funny. it is funny, and balls are kind of funny. Have yeah. you say it over and over <laughs> again? Kidding. But uh, tomorrow is be more of like a, it's a script. I'm super nervous about it, and it's only ten minutes. Do you and practice I get, it uh, like uh, over and over again? Like I, I know the stories because I. So we, we did a little production meeting with me and don and courtney uh one of the other comedians and we're all hanging out and, and i'm telling them stories and trying to get a comedy thing and she wrote this whole thing for me to do right i can barely remember the lyrics to, to be with you and i gotta re- i gotta read these the script so i so it is a script and it's my stories, but there's a little a couple little jokes here and there but i I I'll, I'm gonna tell uh, three stories about like rock guys that I met or pissed off or okay. you know the thing yeah um, I you know I, I've run into a lot of uh, great rock stars but a lot of funny shit has happened to me with them and and that that'll be the nucleus nucleus is that a word uh, you don't n- know I don't know <laughs> right, Sam it. is nucleus a word uh, sure oh <laughs> damn <did> <laughs> That's where he gets a big bucks. So, uh, and I will, um, you know, if I, if I forget some of the script, I'll go over and tell them more of these stories. Right. So, uh-huh. But it, but just like uh, it's, but it's, this, I'm Mr. Stories. Big Mouth right now, and yeah. it's only going to be 10 minutes, and I'm nervous. But they'll probably, you know, get that hook and bring me off stage kind of thing. Oh you know? that man.
3: That would be nervous. It's it's, not, it's almost like not really a career change, I guess, huh? just something that as a hobby maybe you want to do for fun.
4: Everybody always says to me, you're funny. And even, like, I got to tell you, if I have time for a, a quick story. for yeah, sure. So I'm in Japan, and I'm doing an acoustic show, uh, like five acoustic shows. And I had me and this guy, John Matt Camara, uh playing acoustic guitar from Australia. Right. And then I brought Pat Torpy with me to play cajon and sing. And I'm talking to the Japanese audience, and, and they speak a little English, obviously, mm-hmm. over the years. And they know all the lyrics of the songs. And I'm, I'm doing my shtick, and I come backstage, and Pac goes, and, and Mr. Big, you know, they was like, nobody, they didn't let me talk. They were like, get right to this, we're serious musicians. Let's get right into it. Granted, they'll probably be saying, you're a liar, Eric. you got to talk a little bit. But not really. There'd be some band meetings like, hmm, you might want to zip that <laughs> lip up a little. So uh, here we are in Japan, and I come backstage, and Paco's, goes, you're funny. You're an entertainer. Oh, my God, you're so funny, and the crowd loves you. How come you don't do that on Mr. Big, who told you that you can't be funny like that? And I go, you, you're the man. And he goes, oh, I should be shot. I can't believe I did that. And I go, yeah, you're the one who told me. And then everybody else had that band meeting, and they said, you might have, you know, they never said shut up and sing, ever. But but they would go, "I'm I'm sure Billy would go like this and go, you want to move it along here? We got some rock to do here. You know, yeah, I can kind of spin a yarn. So sorry.
3: No, that's great. You're just like me, man. I can, I can talk. No, no,
4: I can talk one's real- Like no one's like you loudmouth. <laughs> I mean, right there. The loudmouth, mouth, a loud spot.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your hair. So you cut it yeah. off. How long
2: ago? I
4: uh, I cut it off my Second wife thought it would be like hipper if I just cut it off, and you know, like, you know, be be new and everything like that. And yeah. I and I've had that thing for a really long time. It was it was getting when I was in high school. I had really long hair, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of turned curly and everything. It was really cool. And then we cut it off. And when you cut your hair and you try to grow it back, it don't look good anymore, That's man. Not the same. No, it's brillo. I don't it's have a, any hair. All right, all right. <laughs> but
3: I'm, I'm trying to grow this back out. It's not working.
4: But I've had this same. Hairstyle look for twenty something years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's got to be about twenty years, and uh, yeah, it just didn't. It didn't look. Good. How come you don't grow your hair? Blah, blah, blah. So I have this little blue shoe box at home, and I was going through it. It had a bunch of lyrics in it, and a and a little Ziploc bag of my my hair yeah, in right it. On. Yeah, because I, I go, I'm going to keep my hair. Yeah, oh, right. I don't look good now. You can probably sell it. On yeah. AM. Yeah. No, somebody. no. No. It's. Yeah, and it's so funny too because it's like this much hair, and you're sticking all the Ziploc bag over time in twenty years, and like, this is <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, Yeah.
3: well, good luck on your tour, your upcoming tour,
4: right on, and thanks. good
3: luck on your comedy thing that you're doing tomorrow night.
4: Oh man, I am as like I got an October yeah, fest going home. here, man. And oh
3: god, I'm sweating maybe like a pig. Like a drink, you know? If it I might be easier, like a couple like,
4: shots, maybe a couple beers, and doing doing do that thing. Maybe I could get over. But like. I really respect comedians or guys like you talking and just talking without not being, I mean, this is what you do when I, this is what you do what when I'm hanging with my band. I, I feel comfortable. I can, and if, if the audience doesn't laugh, I can just take the piss out of my band. I would never do that with Mr. Big. Just put that out there. But some of the guys, in my band, they can take it. The, the thick skin, you know, but, but doing a, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's I, hard, man. I, it's I, hard I get nervous to do this sh- stuff. Show,
3: I get nervous. Sometimes I don't know what I'm going to say, what I'm going to ask. Or how they're,
4: they gonna so me how, me how come receptive? you looked at me when I, I go, yeah, I still get butterflies when I go up on stage. And you're like looking at me like kind of stepping back. like Did I? You kind of give me that look. Dude, so, now come out. No, Be I, real, I, bro.
3: I get nervous sometimes doing, doing <laughs> podcasts. If it's like someone that's like a known, some band that's not big or anything like that, or like an actor that's not real big, I don't get nervous. I just say whatever the fuck I want. Right. When it's someone kind of big, though, you don't know. Sometimes you don't know if they're going to be receptive of what you ask, or maybe I've asked some questions that everyone else asks them, and they're tired of answering. Oh,
4: I know. If you if you no. get a little of that, <laughs> one time I met Eric Clapton. He was a really really nice guy, but I could tell while I was talking to him, he was going,
1: <coughs> yeah,
4: probably like I'm like, oh, you got to go, and he goes, no, 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 it's cool. <laughs> you know, yeah, not that good. Do you, That's you ever so, good. last question? Do you ever get
3: starstruck by anyone?
4: I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the weirdest thing. I mean, I've met so many people, Stephen Tyler, Coverdale, um, uh, Michael Schenker, like the great rock and roll people. But Dave Manichetti, even though we really are tight, I know that guy. I love YNT. I love him. But when I get around Dave Manichetti, because he's like a hometown hero, Mm -hmm. Bay Area guy, and he's going to laugh when he hears this, if he watches this show, you know, I get like, "Uh, remember when – you know, I get it like Chris Farley kind of moment. Yeah, it's weird. Are you
3: from the Bay? Are from the Bay Area? A I am. Bit. Yeah, I'm from San Francisco. Yeah,
4: yeah I, I, born,
3: I born in there, and raised in the Bay Area.
4: I, I live in Marin County. I live in San Rafael.
3: Oh, not, oh, I heard you last night talking about Santa Rosa.
4: Well, no, Paul Taylor lived in Santa Rosa, so you know that that that's where I went, right? But I I lived in San Francisco for years. My dad was in the Army Station at the Presidio. Oh,
3: okay, yeah, yeah, I know exactly. What where did it is. you go up? I grew up in a town called Vacaville.
4: But my, no, my I had a little town called Vacaville. <laughs> Hey, sweaty hot there. I, I, yeah, I went to Galileo yet. High School in San Francisco, yeah. actually. Okay. So I, I live in Novato now.
3: Okay, right on. Yeah. I love Northern California. Hey, let
4: me tell you exactly where I live.
3: <laughs> as, as your address. <laughs> Eric, man, oh, thank man. you so much for stopping by. Thank you. thank you. This is the Loud Spot outro by Nothing Short of Tragic.
1: Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion? Or is this the loud spot with Sebastian? Does something short of tragic happen back again? Yes. Does anything that's good really have to end? Yes. A pin post, has
4: a pin show, so to get more episodes, make an order, this is over.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football